Today, Pastor Ray Bentley points out God in His mercy allows us to start over again. What an encouraging message for believers today. That if you feel like you've failed, you've blown it, you've denied the Lord, you've done something unforgivable, or your life is kind of over, and, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Our God is an awesome God. He is a specialist in healings and in restorations. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Asking someone if they've ever made a mistake is like asking if they're human. We've all messed up. The Bible says no one is righteous, no, not one. And we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Today, Pastor Ray points out how to hit the reset button and get a second chance from the Lord. Luke chapter 22, we're going to look at the story of, of Peter, hope for those who fail. This is the story of when Peter denied the Lord. But it's not, a, it's not really a sad story. This story is a story of tremendous hope, as we shall see. Learning to pass the test. Let me begin for a moment with a little bit of an introduction. At this particular time, we've, we've gone through the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus Uh, during that night prayed and sweat as it were great drops of blood. Now he has been betrayed. We saw how that Judas betrayed him. And now he, as, as, you know, early, early morning, maybe still dark and, and turning toward light and the dawn of a new day, the Lord Jesus endured six different trials or six different tests. Uh, before he was finally condemned and then crucified. There were three tests uh, before the Jewish authorities. So the Jewish people in the land, they had their own laws, they had their own authority, they had their own spiritual government, which was the Sanhedrin. And they had their high priest who had been appointed. Um, and so Jesus goes three times before these guys. And then he goes three times Uh, before the Roman authorities. Why? Because Jewish authorities, I mean, the leadership had come to the conclusion he is a, he is a false messiah, we want to we kill him. And yet they did not have the authority for capital punishment. So they had to come up with a crime somehow worthy of Roman capital punishment. But ironically, they couldn't come up with anything. Jesus passed every single test. He passed all of the Jewish authority tests and he had violated no laws of God. In fact, he had fulfilled them completely and perfectly. He had uh, broken no Roman laws. And so really it was by mob kind of pressure that they finally, you know, Pilate washes his hands. It was taken to Pilate uh, who really the first time tried to avoid even making a decision uh, about Jesus. And, and so Pilate brought him to Herod, said, here, you deal with him. And then Jesus wouldn't even say a word to Herod. Uh, so Herod sent him back to Pilate. And finally, Pilate uh, made the decision, washed his hands, although he really couldn't wash his hands. Um, but what's interesting is this particular story of Peter and, you know, 
uh, his denial of the Lord, is one of the few stories that is told in every single one of the Gospels. Matthew talks about it, Mark talks about it, Luke talks about it, John talks about it. So an obvious question becomes, why did all four of the Gospel writers, each one of them, yes, obviously led by the Holy Spirit, but they also participated by saying, yeah, this is a story that needs to get out about Peter and his denial of the Lord. Well, let me give to you one uh, possible reason and scenario and take us you know, far removed from where we are today in modern times. Let's go back literally 2,000 years ago. Uh, let's be one of the disciples who is with Jesus and following Jesus and is part of the early church. The gospels were written after, the, after Christ had died, buried and was resurrected. So the church has been planted, it's beginning to, to grow. Um, and the Gospels were written in a time of intense, intense pressure. And not only pressure, I, I might add state-sponsored persecution of believers. And I believe, in fact, uh, as you may see here in your notes, I believe there were, in fact, many brothers and sisters who had failed when push came to shove, you know, or who folded under pressure. Uh, if you don't, you know, deny your Lord, then you're going to be thrown in prison or you're gonna lose your children or you're going, or worse, uh, beat up or you're going to be with stripes or with rods or in prison or even facing death. And there were, unfortunately, you know, the humanity and the reality of many of those early believers, I, I, there were many, I believe, who failed, uh, who just like Peter buckled uh, in a moment of weakness. So the big question, probably that was you know, far more upon the minds of the early believers in a very small, kind of a hidden, you know, going from house to house, sometimes under the catacombs or whatever, one of the biggest questions on the minds of the early church was, is there a way back? And I believe that's why Matthew said, then I gotta tell the story about Peter. And Luke said, you know, I got to tell the story about Peter denying the Lord. Mark said, we definitely have to include this story. And John said, whose best friend, closest confidant uh, was Peter. John said, I'm telling the story of Peter who failed, who was forgiven, who was healed, who was restored, and whom God said, I am not finished with you. And in fact, not only was God not finished with Peter, not only did he have a future, not only did he have a purpose, not only did he have a plan, Peter was the head of the apostles. So what an encouraging message for believers today, that if you feel like you've failed, you've blown it, you've denied the Lord, you've done something unforgivable, or your life is kind of over, and that's what the enemy wants to do, is, is his lie is that, you know, you've gone too far, God can never use you, you probably aren't even saved, it's too late for you, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Our God is an awesome God. He is a specialist in healings and in restorations. Amen? He's an awesome God. So, the steps of a good man, and I, I refer here to Psalm 37, verse 23, that says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And in fact, the Lord takes delight in him. Peter is a good man. And though Peter stumbled and though Peter was human and he was weak and he failed and he even denied the Lord, uh, Peter was forgiven, he was healed, 
and he was restored. So I want to begin with verse uh, 54, and I'm going to read through verse 60. It says, having arrested him, obviously arresting Jesus, now they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. That would be Caiaphas. But Peter followed at a distance. So I want you to notice things as we go along here. You can, I mean, it's so obvious almost that uh, you could probably make, uh, you know, your own outline of how, how does this happen? How do you end up being Jesus' right-hand man and then how do you end up denying the Lord? Well, there's a huge clue right here, but Peter followed Jesus at a distance. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him, with Jesus. Now, Peter is petrified at this point because where is he? He's sitting at the fire and Jesus is now being accused. If he's identified with Jesus now, his life uh, is on the line. So verse 57, but he, Peter, denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages reach so many each day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the world. I tuned in from England and was able to witness Daniel Bentley's anointing as pastor. What a legacy Pastor Ray left. Well done in raising up a son such as this. Pastor Daniel is continuing the work the Lord gave Ray decades ago. We watched Daniel preach following the anointing, and there is no doubt whatsoever the Lord's hand is on him. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to write a message, send an email to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. All right, let, let's uh, look at this very simply and, uh, and go through the steps here. And I, I want to take not just the negative steps. You know, I, I could say Peter followed at a distance. That's obviously what the scriptures say. But what do we learn from that? What we learn is stay close to Jesus. Amen? Stay as close to Jesus as you possibly can. Uh, there are many people who accept the Lord when they hear the gospel. I mean, who wouldn't? Who doesn't want their guilt taken away, their shame taken away, their emptiness, their loneliness, their fear of death, and go to heaven? I mean, obviously, millions, billions of people do. There's about two and a half billion believers, and contrary to what you may have heard, Christianity is still, to this very hour, moment, and second, the fastest growing religion on the face of the planet. Uh, conversions of all kinds, and revivals, and moves, and waves of the Holy Spirit. 
And no wonder, the God, I mean, who can neglect so great a salvation? But at the same time, once having that, you know, salvation, you've said a prayer, you've opened your heart to the Lord, and you've, you know, said the words of following him, there are many of us that then try to take our lives back. And we want control. We human beings, we like control, don't we? We want to have some measure of control. It's not easy to give up control of anything. Uh, it's our nature to want to hold on as long as we can. You know, when we talk about discipleship is a kind of, you know, it's a big spiritual word. What it means is to become more like Jesus. How many of you are here tonight because simply put, you want to be more like Jesus? Isn't that why we're here? We want to be more like him. Uh, but that means in becoming like him, I have to learn to let go of control of my own life. We talked this Sunday in Romans 12, you got to give God your body. That's a big switch for people, especially in our culture at this time where everybody says, that's your body, do with your body what you want, you own it, you can do whatever you want. Well, you become a Christian and you find out, whoa, I was bought, purchased, redeemed with a price, the, the blood of the life of a man and not just a man, but God, the God man, Jesus, my savior and my Lord. And therefore I don't own my body anymore. He owns it. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So giving God my body, giving God my mind, my thoughts, taking every thought captive of the obedience of Christ. And then my will, surrendering my will, learning to be like Jesus. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, how many would agree that uh, turning over, I mean, 100% control of your body, your mind, and your will is not exactly easy? Has anybody found that to be a little challenging, difficult? <laughs> or that you pull back. So how did Jesus describe what it would be like? He said, it's like this. It's like daily picking up your cross and following him. Only he's not asking us to be crucified with nails and beatings and whippings physically, but denying yourself or letting go control of your life, that's death to your flesh, to your pride, to your ego. But that, that's, that's good for the old man, the old nature, let him die. He's the one that dragged me into all that uh, grossness of sin and depression and darkness anyway. So good, let him suffer, let him die. I wanna be renewed in Christ. But again, easier said than done. It's a process uh, that takes time. Now I wanna say then here about Peter, what we can learn from him and, and a lesson I think Peter did learn because in the end of his life, Jesus had told him how he would end up and, and essentially Peter was also crucified, not as a young man like Jesus, but when he was old, he was told either you deny the Lord or you'll be crucified. And, and uh, Christian historians, the tradition that comes down to us from the early church fathers is not only was Peter crucified as he had wanted to do when he was young and, and early in his life and following Jesus, I'll die for you. But then he ended up not only not dying for the Lord, but denying the Lord. But Peter became a different man because daily he followed Christ and he was transformed from the inside out. And the day came when they came to that same Peter who had denied the Lord. And he said, not only will I not deny the Lord, but I will boast of my love for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you want to crucify me? Go ahead. I'm ready to go and be with him. But I am not worthy to be crucified as my Lord was. So I have one simple last request. Take my cross, turn it upside down. Let me be crucified upside down. That's the story and the history of the head of the apostles, Peter. He literally did become like Jesus. He finally fulfilled what he had wanted to do 
in his heart, laying down his life for the Lord. But it was a process. Peter learned from experience, don't follow Jesus from afar. You've probably heard the term being backslidden. (laughs) Well, you're back. You're not following Christ close. So Jesus, now there's some people that say that Peter shouldn't have even been with the Lord at all. Uh, Jesus had said that he would be crucified. He said the shepherd will be smitten, the sheep will be scattered. And then he told the disciples, look, you're gonna scatter and then meet me in Galilee. Now, I don't don't know about this. It was kind of a new thought for me this week uh, in preparing for this, but there are some commentators that say, Jesus said, don't try to follow me. You guys aren't ready or you can't handle it and meet me in Galilee. So anyway, Peter did try to follow the Lord but he followed at a distance. Jesus had even said in the garden when he was arrested, he said to those who came to arrest him, let these disciples go their way. In other words, it was again, some take that, he meant, don't follow me, you guys go. Let me do what I need to do with my father and laying down my life for you, I'll meet you in Galilee. So we see that uh, in verse 54, It says they brought him to the high priest, but Peter followed at a distance. Now look at verse 55. It says, now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. So here's the second obvious thing that we can learn from Peter. Avoid comforting yourself by the fires of the enemy. That's pretty obvious, right? Why would you say I'm a lover, follower of Jesus Christ and then hang out with those who are enemies of Christianity or the enemies of the gospel or the enemies of those who have a tender or a spiritual heart. And yet people do it all the time. They in their own hearts and lives believe in Christ and they love and they've received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and yet they spend their time hanging out, enjoying and comforting themselves by the camaraderie, the fellowship and the fires of the enemies of Christ. How many of you can see that that would be an easy step towards getting into real trouble if you hang out with the enemies of Jesus? So avoid comforting yourself by the fires of the enemy. Peter and John had, as they tried to follow Christ and the mob that had come around him, and remember Jesus said, look, if he had wanted to use his supernatural powers, he could have easily. But he didn't, he says, man, you guys come with sticks and you come with all these guys and soldiers and swords. He goes, if I wanted, I could call 12 legions of angels. I'm giving my life. He came to meet Judas and those who came to betray him in the garden. So now I'm gonna put a couple of gospels because here it says Peter sat with them at the fire. I wanna put two gospels together because Peter first stood with them. One of the other gospel writers says he came up to the fire. So this tells us that it was obviously still nighttime when Jesus was praying in the the garden of Gethsemane. It was cold because it was in the springtime around Passover, right? Exactly at Passover. Uh, It's also interesting to me that, that they had a fire, meaning not only it was cold, but you remember that just moments earlier, Jesus had been sweating great drops of blood because of what was going on internally inside of him. But one of the gospel writers says, Peter first stood with them. He didn't come right over and just sit down. First, he just stood with them. And once he got comfortable standing with the enemies, then he sat down with the servants and officers 
of the very ones who were now plotting to falsely accuse him and put him to death. So you see the progression. When we are sitting with the enemy, we are easy targets for the enemy. So I've got a simple uh, scripture, a proverb here that's very uh, simple, basic, but a lot of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. Let's read that scripture out loud together from your notes, shall we? The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now let's just take a moment, and let me, let me say by this that I don't mean that you shouldn't have uh, unsaved friends. I think we should, we're, we're salt, we're not called out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we should have people that, that we are with and that we are around and maybe we have some relationship or even friendship with because we have to be witnesses to them. But this is talking about, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 is talking about those who are like brother and like sister. Those that you share your deepest needs, dreams, desires, secrets, you know, prayer requests, uh, hopes and dreams. You are really, really intimate. Now the scripture says, how can light and darkness really have fellowship together? Uh, they, they really can't. So I wanna ask you, who are your, are your closest friends, those who are leading you closer to Jesus, or are there some who are the closest friends who are having maybe too much influence on you, leading you away from him? Someone has well said, if we don't choose the right friends, the wrong friends will choose us. And there are too many people who just, you know, kind of go along and they just get, you know, invited and asked and they join and then, and then they go, I don't know what happened. Now we have to take a little bit of responsibility for our lives. Peter was responsible. John was responsible that night. You and I are. And it was the, it, here's what's interesting. I, I have a feeling if the high priest had walked out and pointed at Peter and, and yelled at him. And, and you know, Peter being aware and knowing that, that this is the, these are the guys that have been plotting Jesus' death for, since the beginning. He might have been more on guard. But I want you to notice who it was that kind of, you know, slipped up from the, uh, the outside and nailed him. It was one of the little, uh, little servant girl. And so it seemed like no big deal. No, I, I don't know him. I, I don't know, I, I don't know this man. And, he, and then he got into the whole rhythm of denying that he knew the Lord Jesus at all. Peter may have been on guard if it was obvious, but he wasn't prepared for this. So what does that say to us? We wanna stay close to the Lord Jesus as possible. We wanna be surrounded in moments like this where the enemy is not gonna come through the front door, he's trying to slip, as it were, through the back door. You want somebody close enough to you that says, hey, 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 don't answer that girl. Just don't answer, Peter. Here, come over here. Pastor Ray Bentley with important insights today from the failure of Peter and how we can avoid some of the mistakes he made. And Pastor Ray will have more from this study here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Hope for Those Who Fail. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking media, you'll see the words watch, radio, and devo. 
Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.